What's up, everybody? I'm Caleb. That's Jackson Powers. Welcome back to the Sports Brain Podcast. What's and up, everybody? This week, Jackson, this week, we have an amazing guest host. His name, I'm not going to tell you yet, but he's a NBA champion, former basketball player at Texas A&M University. They call him the Bald Eagle. Alice Caruso, ladies and gentlemen, let's give it up for Alice Caruso. Wait, I'm sorry. Wait, Jackson, wait. hold up. I'm getting wait, worried. Wait, wait. Did, oh. was, that pre, was that premature applause? Man, wait, management was calling. Wait, I'm sorry. Say that one more time. We we, we didn't get Alex Crusoe. No? Why not? Oh. um, Guys, due to financial issues, we couldn't get Alex Crusoe. Apparently, an NBA champion doesn't come on a podcast that people don't listen to just by saying we're going to follow you on Instagram. Um, instead... We got a Kentucky native that looks just like Alex Caruso and honestly plays a little bit better than him. Definitely shoots better than him. His name is JT Justin Shelton, ladies and gentlemen. Give it up for Justin Shelton Jackson. <laughs> Justin, welcome to the podcast. Finally here. How does it feel? I feel like I finally made it. I can text my mom and say, Mama, I've made it. Well, I graduated college. I've been married. For over a year now, but now I finally made it because I'm on a podcast. Well, Stacey, if making it on this podcast has made your life, you've had a sad life, buddy. I'm glad for life because this is not making it, my friend. This is just doing life at the bare minimum. Well, everybody, we, we've got some post-draft analysis to listen to from JT and Caleb. Uh, I'll throw in a little bit of spice and dice there every now and then. Uh, we got some free agency buzz to talk about, some good trades going on. Then we'll hit some college basketball because that's coming up this week. We are excited. We're all college basketball fans. Um, some follow better teams than others. We all know who those people are. And then, you know, we're going to hit a, maybe just a little bit of NFL. And then our favorite segment, some spread the bread. Like Caleb said, I'm Pow Wow Jackson Powers. That's Caleb Bennett. Let's get to the podcast. Welcome back, guys. Like I said before, this is Sports Brain Podcast. Um, the NBA draft was this past Wednesday. Uh, we had some surprisers, uh, big-time shocks, um, some real sleeper picks, one especially by Jackson Chicago Bulls. But what I want to get into first is, like pre-mentioned in the intro, how we settled on Justin because we couldn't get Alex Caruso. Do y'all think – the Minnesota Timberwolves settled by picking who they Anthony Edwards just because there wasn't someone better that fit their system, or well, do you think they actually yeah. wanted Anthony Edwards? Well, considering that he's still coming out and saying that he would rather go and play in the NFL than the NBA, it concerns me just a little bit. Because the way I look at it is, is Lamelo didn't fit there with D'Angelo Russell. He really didn't, and then James Wiseman doesn't work with Car Anthony Towns. So did they just settle for the neck for for who kind of fit their system the most? Like, do you actually think they're committed to Anthony Edwards as being a superstar? Because when you pick number one, you know what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. I mean, you yeah. would think they have to be just because they didn't make a trade and that they weren't committed to him. You know, being a superstar, they would have traded the number one pick. But I mean, the way I look at it is, is I think Anthony Edwards' is bust potential is way too high for a number one pick on a team. That is one player away from a top five or six seed in the West. 
I mean, yeah, I think yeah. the issue ended up being that the Timberwolves couldn't get anybody to trade for the number one pick, mm-hmm. so they were just stuck with it. Yeah. Like, no, normally, when you get the number one pick, you're like, man, I, I'm the man with the ball. Everybody's coming to me with all the options. I'm set. But really, they were stuck with it. They had nothing, nowhere to go with it. They couldn't pick Lamelo Ball because of D'Angelo Russell. Mm-hmm. They didn't want to pick James Wiseman because Wiseman said he didn't want to play there because him and Carl Anthony Towns wouldn't work together, right? Wiseman wants to be the number one guy when it comes to being the center position. Right. So they have to go Anthony Edwards just because he's the best athletically um, and for the rest of the draft between those three, they had to pick him or they had to go trade. But nobody came in with the trade. Nobody was willing to trade because yep. nobody wants that first pick because there wasn't like an Anthony Davis kind of person in that draft. Yep. Yeah. Now – so, D'Angelo is a shooting guard. I mean, he plays PG. No, he, 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 I'm, I was to say, but he plays more like a PG. Like he's he's listed as a shooting guard on their roster, but he plays more like a point guard. Mm-hmm. I was to say, now would this been would this have been too much of a stretch maybe to take like an Obi Toppin or pull a surprise like Chicago did and take a Patrick Williams? Yeah. Well, here, here's my thing. I don't even want to get to a stretch. There was a top three in this draft. And there was everyone else. Mm-hmm. The top three in that draft's potential was so much higher than everyone else. Obviously, Obi Toppin has a ceiling. You know, like he can be an all star, but Obi Toppin will never be Carmelo Anthony. You know what I'm saying? He'll never be, he, you know, he could be a Draymond Green, three and D, you know, good player, but he'll never be, you know, a superstar like you should get with a number one pick. My thing with the Timberwolves is I look back and I'm thinking, you know, everyone loved the D'Angelo Russell for Andrew Wiggins trade for them. D'Lo and Carnathan Towns are good friends. It looked like a great move. But now, looking at it and who emerged as the top three in that draft, did that move make them stagnant or, like, stick them at the number one pick because they hadn't have any trade partners? Like, they could have drafted LaMelo Ball if they still had Andrew Wiggins. See what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And then you roll out LaMelo Ball, Josh Okage, Andrew Wiggins, whoever at the four or call at the five, and that's a good lineup. But you right. can't put LaMelo and D'Lo on the same court, and then Josh Okage somewhere in there. He can't really play the three. His size isn't like that. I mean, if you want to play small ball, you can. So look, my thing is, did that trade, Justin, for the, the Wiggins for D'Lo trade, with who came – obviously they couldn't foresee the future – with who ended up being top three, did that put them in a sticky situation? Or was it more of, you know, not the trade, just who was the top three and, and the and the box office appeal put them in a sticky way? Because there was no Zion. There was no Ben Simmons. There wasn't this number one guy that everyone wanted to get. Right. You could look at it either way. But either way, the Timberwolves lost in the scenario. Nope. You're the number one pick and you lost. But – Anthony Edwards, that's no shade to Anthony Edwards because he's got the build out of everybody that's coming in the draft. He's like he's the one that looks just like an NBA player. Yeah, he's got D-Wade's blessing. He's built for it. He's mm-hmm. strong, right? He can shoot the ball. So if he reaches that ceiling, his upside is tremendous. Like, he could be that dude. But based off of his comments and his interviews, and like there's so many concerns. And yeah. his bust level, he, I see him more – likely to bust than for him to be, yep. you know, the top number one player that he was drafted. Yeah, and and if he turns out to be that number one guy, no one will be surprised because he does have the build, his jump shot, athlete, like he is built for the NBA. Even he said it. He loved football, 
And then he dunked when he was in the sixth grade, and he was like, oh, I might be good at this. And so he right. stuck with basketball. He has the build, but he is very questionable about his work ethic and stuff like that. Now, my next question, what I want to move on to past the Timberwolves, talk about them because they had the number one pick. They, quote, unquote, controlled the draft. But in reality, the Warriors did because the Warriors knew they were getting James Wiseman, you know, and they yeah. so they, they, they knew and what they, they were getting. Him. And so my thing That's is exactly for y'all, were- who won mm-hmm. the draft? It don't have to be a top three team. Hmm. Who won the NBA draft for y'all? Let's see. I, I'm gonna let JT take take that. Um, that we'll answer let JT first. and then you go and then I'll answer. Yeah. Okay. Y'all want a serious answer or the JT? I answer? want you, both. Give me a give me both. Give me a serious. Give me yeah. your JT answer. Okay. I'm telling you right now that the 76ers won the draft because they picked Tyrese. <laughs> That's the JT answer because he came from Kentucky. <laughs> Okay. I would say now look, the Thunder did too. They got a manual quickly and they got SGA. Okay. Two Kentucky boys running the point. Yeah. I mean so I would say in between those two as a, a Justin pick, a JT pick. Mm. But man, the Warriors can like I'm a big Warriors guy, love Steph Curry, and to see him finally get a center that's going to be uh what they need, a top dog. It's not it's not a Kev Kavon Looney. It's not a Willie College time. Mm-hmm. It's James Wiseman. And I think that he's going to end up being a, a top talent in the NBA within a few years. I think he's got that potential. He's going to reach that potential. He's not going to be a bust. Even if he doesn't reach that full potential, he's still better than any center Golden State's won a championship with. Yep. Yeah. So I think that they went out, even though Clay's hurt, and people thought that they may change their ideas on who they're going to draft based on whether Clay's injured. injury is going to last over a year or not. I think that they needed to move in that direction because either way, they've got point guard and staff who can shoot lights out. You can go get other shooters with money. You can go pick up other shooting guards, small forwards that can play defense. But what you don't have and what you have not ever had in this Steph Curry era is a good center, and they've got that in James Wiseman that can build on that. Okay. I mean, I, I'll I'll agree with that um, because – like you said, they, I mean, they, they got James Wiseman, but in the second round, you know, they, they took, they took Nico out of Arizona to, to maybe help fill in for clay here and there off the bench. I'm not, I'm not saying he's going to come in and be, and be clay, but um, off the bench, he, he has the potential to be a good bench role for them. Um, but where I'm going to get a uh, team that I think won the draft is going to be Sacramento actually. Um, just kind of looking at their picks, it, it made sense to me. Um, their, 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 um, their needs were met a little bit. You know, they got the point guard out of Iowa state. He's going to be good for them. Um, obviously he's going to be with the Aaron Fox. Uh, I think that'll be a dynamic, uh, backcourt. Um, and then, you know, second round, they went and picked up Kenny Martin jr. And all three of us know that Kenny Martin had a great NBA career. Let's see if his son can have as good of a career as him. So um, I think the, the ceiling is high for Sacramento right now. Um, even though they did just trade away one of their probably best players that they had, um, they, they restocked in the draft. And I think that they've, they've got some good upside coming, coming their way. Now I'm going to go with the Caleb answer and then I'm going to give you my real answer. Right. The, the the Caleb answer is the flashy answer, and Charlotte won the draft. You go in, you get LaMelo Ball, box office. 
even if he turns out to be a, a mid-level, make the all-star game every so often player, box office, right off mm-hmm. the bat, okay? You go in later, all right? They don't. They had no more picks in the first round. They, had, they got LaMelo. I think it was the first or second pick. Second pick of the second round. Yep. You go in and you get Vernon Carey Jr., a very slip-on prospect, was going to be a top-five pick before, you know, college basketball happened. I think still would have been a top-ten pick if they would have played out the whole season. Didn't get a lot of exposure at Duke because Duke was just a mediocre basketball team this year. Yeah. All right. Later on in the draft, they go and get a guy out of um, – oh, I'm not looking at it. Charleston. Charleston. All right, yeah. Charleston. Guard. Really good score. Okay. Um, smaller size. So he fits with LaMelo, pretty good shooter. So you put <laughs> you put LaMelo at the two and him technically at the one, but you let LaMelo with the ball and put him on the wing, you know, for shooting and stuff like that. Now, obviously, he's not going to get playing time like that. I'm just saying, if he works out as a player, you put a smaller guard with LaMelo as a bigger guard. And that's my answer just because of I think it's the best draft Charlotte's had in a while overall. They pick talent and need at the same time. They need a box office. Great. They got LaMelo Ball, probably one of the more talented, probably the most talented player in the draft. They needed to fill spots. You go out and you get seven foot Vernon Carey, who's great back to the basket player. All right. And then you get a shooter if he works out, the guy from Charleston. Now, my real pick, just because of what they're getting right now and what they're doing as a franchise, the easy pick will be OKC. OKC didn't win this draft. They've just won the draft. Okay. Sam Presti is an amazing. GM when it comes to get winning trades, but David Griffin in New Orleans, he is making moves and no one's really paying attention to it. His roster is set. You've got Lonzo, you've got uh, JJ Reddick, you've got uh, Josh Hart, you know, you've got Zion, you've got all these pieces, Brandon Ingram, Steven and you've got um, you've got well Stephen Adams now, but he's just a yeah. vet that's there, just like JJ Reddick, and you've got Jackson Hayes. Well, you go out and you get I don't know, say he's like Lewis Jr. from Alabama. All right lanky point guard, kind of like Lonzo. So if Lonzo don't work out, boom, there's your number 13 fast. pick. He's if, fast, too. Very fast, yes. Off the bench right now, great. If not, if Lonzo don't work out, maybe you try him. Then later on in the draft, you go um, – I don't think they had anything else in the first round. No. So then you go to the second round, and then we're picking value here. They're not picking big names. They're picking value and talent. All right, Eliza Hughes out of Syracuse. Good shooting guard, um, good 6'6 build. You know what I'm saying? It's a good size shooting guard. Again, they don't need starters. They need role players. They need people that can turn into something of value with picks in the future to get that next superstar for Zion. You know what I'm saying? Or they just need role players for when Zion and Brandon Ingram are both all-stars and running the NBA and Lonzo's just running with them. Then you go out and get Nick Richards, a prospect, but don't need him to play for the next two years if you've got Steven Adams and Jackson Hayes. I mean, he's seven foot, too. I mean, yeah, I'm just saying, seven, a good, a good prospect, two, but he doesn't have to play. Foot. Yeah. He doesn't have and to play. And where did that man come from? Kentucky. We get it. We get it. We, we get, get it. it. We get Kentucky. it. We get it. Okay. And, and then they pick Sam Murray out of Utah State. I'm not going to get into that the last pick in the draft. Shout mm-hmm. out to that. I'm glad he got drafted. You know, Mr. Irrelevant. Yeah. Um, but they've just <laughs> picked good value to go with the pieces they already have. And now they also have all these extra draft picks. They got an Anthony Davis ransom from Drew Holiday. That's how bad the Bucks had to get Giannis somebody. And mm-hmm. so they took advantage. They knew the Bucks needed somebody, and they didn't even need Drew. They were going to trade Drew last year. They just kept along to help Lonzo out for a year. Like they didn't need Drew. It was time to move on from that, anyways. That's old. That's old. That's old Pelicans' way. 
It was time to move on. And they got an Anthony Davis ransom from the Bucks. Literally uh, just amount as many picks as the Lakers gave them for Anthony Davis. They got from Drew Holiday. So I think David Griffin is doing his thing down in New Orleans, and I can't wait for about three years to see where the Pelicans are at. Yeah, um, I think that's going to be an exciting exciting team to watch down there, and um, it'll be interesting uh, to see if Golden State bounces back right away this year or if it takes them another year um, with with their draft. Okay. Like, uh, like- well, I think with Clay being out, everybody's counting them out. Like there's no way, but with the picks that they're getting right now in free agency, yeah, they're making some moves. Yes. They can, they're definitely going to be so, a playoff. Team. So, so let's so let's move on from who's winning the draft, and now let's move to, in your mind, so far three days into free agency, or how many three or four days? I think it's been five days. Mm-hmm. Five days. Five. Yeah. Friday, two, three, four days into free agency. Okay. JT, so far, who is one free agency for you? Well, I can tell you who's not. And, and it, it doesn't Clippers. have to be. It doesn't have to be. Who's going to win the championship? Who's won yeah. free agency? Right. Yeah. Well, I'm telling you right now, the one who's lost free agency is the Clippers. Oh, yeah. Obviously. Um, I'm not even going to – we, we don't, have, we don't have to go into it. We don't have to go into it. Don't, <laughs> don't hurt my soul. Don't hurt my soul. That's okay. We won't, we won't hurt you. Don't hurt me. Um, Dagger. <laughs> I mean, the, the obvious answer, if you want just a quick fire answer, would be the Lakers. They're just adding to an already stacked roster. They're going to win another championship unless something else drastically changes. Right. I mean, they're just adding more firepower. So, yeah, um, I'll agree with that. Lakers, Lakers are adding some, in a way, some big names. Like, um, but I'm gonna go with just a, a little bit of a sleeper here. Um, for me, that I think that have, has won the draft is the Hawks. I think that the Hawks have flown under the radar for the past few seasons. With even though they've had Trey Young, um, but they've they've had a good free agency. Um, to me, I think they've they've kind of won it. They've gotten Bogdan Bogdan Bogdanovich. I still cannot pronounce his name um, as many times as I look at it. Rajon Rondo has gone there, and a couple of other role players like Solomon Hill, who, as the three of us know, hasn't really been relevant in the league lately. But they've made some other moves that have brought some some good role players there that I think is going to help them get out of that that cellar and be a playoff team now. Um, now, obviously, they're not going to be a top five yet, but um, I think you see them coming back into the playoff picture, and that's gonna that's gonna help them out. So we'll 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 kind of see how how that plays out. Um, it could it could be interesting. Could be a total flop. Um, what about the 76ers, though? Yeah, that's that's honestly, thank you, JT. That's where I was going. Um, and, and the 76ers isn't even winning free agency. You know, free agency is also trade season uh, for a lot of teams. Mm-hmm. They've just been winning trades. So you tried the Al Horford, Joel Embiid experience. It didn't work. You know, they both can space the floor. So, you know, you thought maybe for a second, yeah, you could see that working. But if AD and Boogie didn't work when they were both healthy, then Joel Embiid and Al Horford is not going to work. Um, so they trade him. And they get Danny Green in the shooter. They go and make another trade, and they get Seth Curry. And so now you're looking at, okay, you roll out a lineup of Seth Curry, Danny Green, somebody at the three, or Tobias Harris at the three, Ben Simmons, and then Joel Embiid. And that is a lot of floor spacing. Now you have three, really two elite shooters, and then Tobias Harris is a good spot-up shooter in the corner. 
And then you have Joel who can space the floor. So now you're running pick and roll with those three shooters on the wings and Ben Simmons and Joel Embiid in the pick and roll. And that's a lot more elite. Now that's only two moves. So it's tough to say, you know, they, they want it with two moves. Yeah. But they have cap space now with Al Horford gone to make more moves. Now, they haven't been very active in free agency as far as going like at Golden State's been. Um, but they have the cap space to whether that's a trade later on the season. If Houston decides they do want to get rid of Harden, and, that, and that's what I'm assuming they're waiting on. Um, they're waiting. I mean, I would assume that Daryl Morey in the 76ers is waiting for the Rockets to implode within like they are. And he'll get James Harden for cheaper because James Harden only has one year left on the deal anyways. Um, and so they have room now. They have cap space. Daryl Morey has went in there and he has really changed the 76ers' outlook for next season in a, yeah. at a rapid pace. And they now, also, if they also got talking, Dwight to come off the, the bench behind Joel Embiid. They also got Dwight Yeah, but that does it. that's just an athletic big. That's good. But they needed shooting and they needed floor spacing. Yes. Number one. Was, Number one, they needed floor yeah. spacing that was and just, shooting. That was just somebody that yeah. I was – Yeah. yeah. That, right. Just, and it adds to your depth. It, it does. You also, it yeah. does. But what Dwight does, there's a lot – not a lot, but there's a couple more guys in the NBA you could go – you could literally just trade a first – late first round, mid-second round pick yeah. and get. You know, you didn't have – like you could have went and got Nerlens Noel from, from OKC. So I'm saying like you could have got somebody like that. There's a lot of guys that do what he, do what he does at his age. Not, I mean, he's an NBA champion. He's a vet. That's good for them, but but it's not just that. That doesn't win free agency. Those two moves, the trades, makes me think they're winning right now as far as what they're doing. Now, Golden State has been active, and Golden State has hit the nail on the head of mm-hmm. everything they're doing right now. I mean, Clay gets hurt. You think it's panic mode, and now boom, you go and get Kelly Oubre. You draft James Wiseman. Uh, you get Kent Bazemore. I mean, they are just – they're piecing it together. And it, it, and normally you piece together a puzzle with stuff that doesn't fit. It's not the right pieces. It looks bad. It's not a bad puzzle right now in Golden State. Right. And – They're looking good to me. I, you come yeah. in – you come in with – coming off of a team that had nothing but young guys that had to play all the minutes, had to get a lot of experience because Steph and Clay were hurt. So you keep a couple of those guys – and then you come in, you're expecting Clay to be there, but he's not there. So it's like, okay, they're done. But they're not because they're going out and getting these pieces who are veterans in the NBA who have been there. But you're, then you're adding depth. What they lacked the, the year before was depth. If you go back to the first round, the first championship Warriors team, why did they win that? It wasn't because they had the best starting five. It was because they had the best overall team. You had Sean Livingston coming off the bench looking like an all-star, right? That mid-range jump shot, the mid-range backing them down in the post, turn around. You had Sean Livingston. Andre Iguodala won the MVP of the NBA Finals as a six-man off the bench, yeah. right? Their bench won that for them. And so now you're – but then when KD came in, they kind of lost that bench, right? It was more, hey, we're sticking with our starters for the most part. But now they're adding to where they have a little more depth, so they can let Steph rest a little bit when he needs to you're not playing 40 minutes a game or you don't have to necessarily play 40 minutes a game, right? You can have that rest. You can have, you can trust those guys off the bench one because they got more experience last year. They're not going to be brand new to the league, but two, because you've got veterans that are coming off the bench as well. Yeah. Um, and I think that's a, that's a good point. Caleb, I want I want to touch a little bit on what you said last week about the Clippers having, um, Jalil Okafor, he has actually left 
New the Orleans. Clippers didn't have G Logo before the Pelicans did. But Thank okay. you. You knew what I meant. Thank you for correcting me. The yeah, Pelicans. He has left. He has gone to the Pistons to play with Blake yeah. Griffin. Which is which is tough because as soon as they signed him, they uh, they also signed um, Mason Plumley. Mason Plumley. So it's just like you know, if you're Jaleel, you sign there thinking you're going to get some some playing time, and then all of a sudden, boom, Mason Plumley comes in, and now you're not starting. So yep. So it's a tough situation for Jaleel. Yeah. He's had a tough time in the league. I love the guys. I mean, it's the goat. Um, yeah. But, and I mean, Denver, uh, not Denver. Uh, Detroit's also gotten Jeremiah Grant and some other low names. So. Yeah, uh, I mean Detroit. Detroit's looking okay. I mean they picked up Killian Hayes in the draft, which I like. Speedy point guard, put him on that side. Deck Rose, Blake Griffin's still an all star out there doing his thing. And so you know if they put the pieces together and their floor space and works out, they should be pretty decent yeah. in the East. Yeah, it will be interesting to see how Derek Jones Jr. does coming off of playing with Miami last year and going to Portland. That'll be an interesting. Uh, he didn't. He obviously he didn't do like. If there's one team that's digressing right now, it's Portland. <laughs> it's the a, Clippers are digressing, but they still have Kawhi Leonard and Paul George. Hey, Portland's Port- just sitting there. They, Portland is like they have they have Portland hoodie mellow. Get off Portland. They have hoodie mellow. I know. I, hoodie, he's my favorite player. I know where he is. But I'm just saying, like they're the only team I've ever seen get to the Western Conference Finals and then just get immediately worse the next year. Like if you get to the Western Conference Finals and you're Portland where you don't always have a superstar. Like, let's not forget, you drafted your superstar after the top five. Like, you just got lucky, and, and you picked the guy yeah. that happened. you just thought had potential and turned into a superstar. You don't get that always. Brandon Roy doesn't come around every – you know, Brandon Roy and um, Damian Lillard doesn't come around every time you draft. So you have to give him pieces while he's there. Nurchik was not the – like, he's a good player, but he's not the third star. You know, if this was Melo four years ago, we'd be talking about Portland to the finals. But it's not Melo four years ago. It's Melo right now. He's a good player, but he's not the third star. C.J. McCollum's a good second star, but C.J. McCollum should be the third star, and there should be a second guy. They should have used some picks, our young players, or something. Zach Collins used something to get a player in trade. Or mm-hmm. to go at you should have went after Jimmy Butler. Go after somebody in free agency. They didn't go after anybody. They were on no one's list. You make the Western Conference Finals, and you were on no one's list last year to go there. Right. So, I mean, going from a few stars to what I've heard JT talk about in a star-studded Kansas – I mean, not Kansas, Kentucky team. How's Kentucky looking for this college basketball season coming up? All right. Check us out. Kentucky is ranked, what, eighth nationally? And there's a lot of question marks because we are we only have one returning starter, one returning player, period, that scored points last year for us, Keon Brooks. Keon Brooks isn't even playing the first week. He's hurt. He's been hurt all offseason, and he may not even play the second week. We don't know. They, they're not telling us anything. We don't know. So every single one of our players taking the court this Wednesday are new, new players. Some of them have played college basketball before because we have a couple of transfers that came in, but we've got nobody that's worn the blue and white before. And so normally a John Calipari team, a lot of the time, first couple weeks of the season, first couple months of the season, we're a little slow. We're, we take time, and then, but by the end of the season, by playoff, by NCAA tournament time, we've got the gears going. Calipari puts in a tweak here and there, and we get rolling with it, right? Uh, this year, man, 
we've we had the obvious BJ Boston, one of the top players coming in. He's incredible. I watched Big Blue Madness the other night. He's incredible. But the guy that everybody's talking about, if you listen to any of the Kentucky sports radio stuff, everybody's talking about Isaiah Jackson. He's a, I want to say he's a power forward or a center. Yeah. I think he's the four, right? Because he's going to take the four this, spot. This is the one that windmill from the free throw line, right? He's the one that yeah, windmills. That's, that's that's dude, I cannot, I cannot believe He came in underrated. Dude is athletic as all get out. And ever since the beginning of them coming in and training as a team, that's all anybody has talked about is this Isaiah Jackson kid. And nobody knew who he was. Like, obviously, he was a, I want to say he was a four star uh, coming in, but he was not the BJ Boston, the Terrence Clark that everybody knew the name of. But now everybody's saying Isaiah Jackson is that dude. Be on the lookout for him. He's going to be a top 10 draft pick if he keeps I up mean, the work, which the is man's really crazy. Six foot 10 playing the, playing the four. Like, good Lord. Yeah, he he's a little undersized. He could he, he's undersized for the center position. He's only six nine. You can play small but ball with him. Though. He's so Big he's face. got the bounce, man. He, he he can he's apparently a great uh, rim defender, rim protector. He's very good on defense. Knows where to be. Gets his feet set. But then offensively, he can put you in the post. He can jump. He's gonna jump. I'll jump everybody. He's a really great offensive rebounder. Is what everybody's mm-hmm. saying. And so, I mean, that's what Kentucky is been missing in the last few years is having a, a, a real good, solid, top-of-the-line big man. Right? Yeah. I think the last one we had was probably Carl Anthony Towns. Yep. No shade to Nick Richards. Like, those guys got their job done, but they weren't a top-ten mm-hmm. pick yep. like, like Anthony Davis was, like Carl Anthony Towns is. Right? Yeah. And so now they're talking Isaiah Jackson. So, yeah. Yeah, man, we're uh, – the, the, just like every other Kentucky team, though, we're, we're – uh, looking a little lackluster in the three-point shooting. They really need to sign me to go out there and get some three-point shooting, um, whether it's to teach those guys how to shoot right because some of their form's a little wacky. Um, our only good three-point shooter we have is a transfer from Creighton. He's a senior guard, which is really cool. We have two seniors on our team this year. We never have seniors, but they're, they're both three. transfers, but they're we seniors. three, actually. Okay, we have three. Wow. You know more about no, I'm looking. I'm looking at their roster that's right now. That's the only reason why. Yeah. Oh, okay, that's what it is. See, I'm just I'm just going off the top of what what I know. I know that Olivier Sar he's going to be a star. Yeah, he's and a then, transfer. Uh, he's a monster. And then you've got the dude from Craig. Davion Mintz. Uh, Davion yeah, Mintz. Mintz. Sorry. And he won. He, he hit 14 out of 15 threes in the three point contest for the Big Blue Madness. Yeah. Obviously, there's nobody in the stands. It's a Big Blue Madness. It's not a real game. But for you to hit 14 out of 15 threes, and then I think the rest of the team was like awful. So he was the only one that was hitting threes. John Calipari was tweeting in the game. He's like, Emmanuel, quickly, we need you to come back because we have no shooters. Right? Yeah. Um, but we'll find, if we can have one or two knockdown shooters, we're going to be fine. We're going to be a very athletic team. We have the chance to be the best defensive team that John Calipari's ever had. They're very long. Besides our point guard, I think our smallest players are like 6'7". Right? Yeah. So we're going to be very long defensively. We should be able to get out on the break and just run. And just run all day. Yeah. That's what, I mean. That's yeah. the way that. I so to to touch on uh, that three point shooting that you're talking about. So Davian's um, three point percentage in the past three seasons has gone from thirty six to thirty five to thirty four. He's actually on the decline. So thanks for taking him off Creighton's hands. I applaud you for that. Mm-hmm. So thank you very much. 
<laughs> but I mean, it's it's going to be interesting. All three of our teams are actually ranked in the top twenty-five. You got Mich- Michigan and being ranked twenty-five. I'm sorry, Caleb. I don't know why they disrespected y'all like that, but they did. We're not good this year. <laughs> you think, bro? You think, bro? You think Creighton's worthy of being ranked eleventh? Like we're not we're not good this year. We're not. We're Michigan is gonna. I, I said this earlier. Now we have the number one recruiting class coming in the next year if they didn't go if they don't go to the G League like they did last year. But Michigan is going to be the most mediocre, above-average basketball team you will watch this year. Because, yes, we have Franz Wagner, the best foreign player in college basketball right now. And what JT needs at Kentucky, knocked down lights out shooter. We have Isaiah Simmons coming back. All right, but besides that, we have a bunch of transfers and a bunch of freshmen. There you go. That's, all we, that's literally our basketball team. We have Isaiah Simmons. All right, sorry, Isaiah mm-hmm. Livers and Franz, Va- Franz Wagner. And a bunch of transfers. I said Simmons because I want my point guard back. I want I want Simmons back. Please, please let there be a way where players can play on your team for eight years. I want Xavier Simmons back. I want him back now. Sure, you don't want Trey um, back. No, I'm not worried about. I want Xavier Simpson. He he carried our team for three years, leadership wise. Yeah. Um, but but friends, Wagner and Isaiah Livers is the only kind of leadership we have. Because all these guys that are transferring, hey, yeah, we have a point guard that's transferring from Columbia that led the NCCA in scoring last year. I get it. He's lights out. But, like, can he come in and be a leader? Right. Can the guy from Purdue transfer in and be a leader? Can can the guy from Wake Forest transfer in and be a you know, So, like, can guys transferring in and be leaders? I don't think so. I think it's got to be Isaiah Livers. And he hasn't been asked to be a leader in the past because so we, we had Xavier Simpson and we had John Teske. And before that, we had Mo Wagner and we had Charles Matthews. So, so it's gonna be interesting to see who leads the team this year, as far as a vocal and a effort standpoint goes. Um, you know, we'll win some games, but I mean, I'm looking at Big Ten. Michigan State's tough. Iowa's gonna be very tough this year with Luke Garza, mm-hmm. the best player in college basketball. If you just want to talk about playing and stats, he's gonna be the top. Now, he's not gonna be a number one draft pick. Don't get me wrong there. You know, but Doug McDermott wasn't number one draft pick, but for in college basketball, you know, you scouted him for weeks and weeks and weeks, and you guarded him with two people. That's going to be that way with Luke Garza. He is going to be tough to yeah, stop. Put some respect on Creighton. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, Creighton. <laughs> um, but I think the most interesting thing this year is, is Kay Cunningham, the number one player um, in the draft, compared to Ben Simmons, the way he plays, 6'8", is a shooting guard slash point guard slash small forward, whatever you want to play him at, is smooth. He goes to Oklahoma State. They announced during the summer that they weren't eligible, or maybe a little before that, they weren't eligible for any kind of tournament this year because of allegations and stuff like that and paying players in the past. He stays there, and he's going to play up the season. That's big. And so it's interesting that you're going to have college basketball, top five player in college basketball, as far as appeal goes and, and skill goes and, and, uh, and talent-wise. And can't play in the tourney. Playing at a college that literally can't make the playoffs. Ooh, that's interesting. And so that's something to keep up with. And so my thing is I hope if he has a good season, he doesn't get lost. Because, you know, like, once tournament time starts, you're not thinking about anybody else. That's how everyone goes to. So I hope he just doesn't get lost in the voting for player of the year and stuff like that and freshman of the year. When, at when tournament time hits because he can't play in the tournament or any tournament. He can't even play in the NIT. Oh, dude. That, that's that's, that's what concerns me for him and his and his awards because, he, I mean, he is going to be a top five, top six player in college basketball. 
I, I understand that. And and to touch on your uh, rough year for Michigan, I just want to point out that there are actually six Big Ten teams ranked ahead of y'all. Yeah, I, I just said Iowa because I've, yeah. I've been studying on Luke Garza and the no, no, no. Beast. I, I just wanted I guess, to like I, I know there are much yeah. better Big Team Big Ten teams than us. Yeah. Um, but I'm just That's, saying Iowa's going to give us the worst. I would say here. the Big Ten is going to be a tough conference to play in this year. Um, no, holler yeah. at me next year when we got two top 10 recruits and uh, two more top 100 recruits. And we'll, we'll talk about basketball <laughs> with Michigan, but um, we'll talk about it more, but, but holler at me then yeah. we're ranked above Kentucky and in, in, in the, in the, uh, in the rankings, um, incoming yeah. rankings. You know what I'm saying? So speaking of Kentucky with John Calipari has talked about start waiting to start the season until January. What are you guys' thoughts about that? And instead of March madness, we would have supposedly May madness. What do you guys think about that? Yeah, well, like if you if you guys have been paying attention, there's already over 30 teams who have canceled the, their first game of the season, if not farther than that. Uh, I want to say it may have been Ole Miss, one of the SEC schools. They've already canceled the first two oh, weeks of their season. It's it's ridiculous. Just a couple just a couple hours ago, uh, Kentucky. They're so Kentucky's first three games. They're doing a their own little mm-hmm. bubble, and they've got this, it's some kind of classic that they're doing. Um, so every team plays each other. So yeah. it's three games. One of the teams just backed out. It was the team that his son Brad Calipari plays for. They just backed out and said they're mm-hmm. they're not coming. So now we're down to two games this week instead of three. Yeah. I don't know if they're going to try to fill that spot. But what's happening is is all these teams are canceling games. But then the the teams that aren't wanting to cancel now they're calling people like, hey, like we've mm-hmm. got this day open. Why don't we try to play? And so all year you're going to see not, like a lot of cancellations. And what's going to have to happen is the NCAA is going to have to make a, make a rule. They're going to have to come in and make something happen because if you've got the teams trying to cancel their games, any team could just pull up. Like, let's say you get to the end of the season. You're on the bubble of being able to make March Madness or May Madness, mm-hmm. whatever it is, right? You're about to make the tournament, but then you've got to play a top-10 team. You can just say, oh, well, we have coronavirus or, you know, say we're not going to play. At this point, the way that it's set up, the team can decide not to play, and then it won't go against them. So they're going to have to make a rule that says, hey, we're starting here. This is the guidelines. You have to follow this. That's the only way. That so, like, what's interesting about that is so college football, yes, we've seen some outbreaks. And, yes, I get that the teams are technically bigger, obviously. But we had a season. We had a, we've had a, a very successful college football season. Why can't the colleges keep – the outbreaks down among other sports they can keep it down among football but like college basketball like it, it's an outbreak like what the heck well the rules are different. well in football if one person goes out then you can yeah. quarantine them or their right. little group if one person goes down in basketball the whole yes because i get i get i get because it's a it's a numbers thing but like you like but it, but it's also you're looking at college football you quarantine 14 days you miss two games, right? And yeah. college basketball, you could literally miss five to six games, in right? But days. like Iowa, I have yet to see a, a report saying that that they've they've had cases that where they've had to sit guys. So I'm I'm using Iowa as an example. Um, so you know, like Ole Miss, I haven't seen any reports for their football team. You know why? Because Corona doesn't even want to go to Iowa. No one wants to go to Iowa. <laughs> You know, you know why you don't see any old miss because they drink so much that so their bodies literally can't get it. 
All the alcohol is killing the germs in their body. Except for their basketball like, team. Yeah, except for their basketball team who I don't know what they're going on up there. Yeah. But dear lord. It's it's interesting. It's weird. But I mean it, it's gonna be an interesting season. Uh I actually kind of wouldn't mind some May madness because wouldn't the NBA season be wrapping up around then too? Yeah, but I wouldn't want that's that's too much going on no. at one time. I just want March Madness when nothing else is really happening. NBA's kinda, you know, three fourths of the way done. Just give mm-hmm. give me my March Madness. I want it now. No. Twenty twenty sucks. What, what, Don't make twenty twenty one worse by pushing back March no, Madness. What I'm saying is that you'd go from you'd have May Madness that would end two weeks later NBA. So you're just rolling, rolling postseason, rolling postseason. No, <laughs> I want I want my March Madness. It's March Madness for a reason. Yep. If it ain't broke, fix it. Let's stay yeah. in March. Well, make it happen. Yep. But here's the deal. I'm not gonna lie to you. As a Kentucky basketball fan, that's what we live and breathe. We wait. We live. That's all you guys have going season. for you. I'm worried that we're not going to finish. I think it's going to end up like last yep. year, and we're not going to finish the season. I'm ha- like, the, that's a real fear that's spreading through. Uh, like if you listen to KSR or any of those sports radio shows, like when it comes to college sports or any indoor sports, that's college. Like they're worried that the season may not fully, like it may not reach the end. They may end up having to do different bubbles and conferences only play in conference like football. They they're talking about all these different scenarios that might happen because yeah. of coronavirus. It's not going away, yeah, man. We're gonna it's just we're this how we live now. We're gonna have to call JT um, in, in January and February and make sure he's alive <laughs> if if, if well, something happens. Well speaking of if yeah. it ain't broke, don't fix it. Alabama, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. JT, y'all broke, you better fix it. <laughs> Alabama in college football. Whew. Sixty-three to three over Kentucky. Ooh. We we did the podcast last week. We we're like, sorry, JT. You know, no one's that dumb to pick Kentucky. And even JT Texas roll tide because he ain't that dumb. We all knew what was happening. But mm-hmm. sixty-three to three, y'all scored a field goal in the first quarter and forgot how to score. I I don't well, think they got even within scoring range after that. Okay. <laughs> okay, look. First off, we're playing the number one team in the nation. Dude, I don't want to hear it. I don't want to hear okay. it. I don't want to hear it. I don't want to hear it. Number one, okay? Number two, we had 16 players not playing because of coronavirus and injuries. 16. Okay, maybe I'll listen to that one. <laughs> we had. It was a whole different team. Well, maybe if y'all stop kissing cousins <laughs> up there in Kentucky, y'all wouldn't get coronavirus. Hey, you want to talk hey, down there in Mississippi, brother. Okay, we're not going to get into that. Hey, it ain't bad <laughs> Kentucky. Hey, they, hey, they're called blue bloods for a reason. Woo! <laughs> we got literal blue people. Yeah, yeah. You better relax. <laughs> and look, point number three. This is a serious point. Our our offensive line coach died. Yeah. Yes. I, I want to say two game two days before the game that we played before Alabama. Yeah. So they're going emotional yeah. roller coaster of a season. They've already got one player that was one of their best defensive players that has some kind of disease that's put him in a wheelchair and he's not even playing. He's not doing anything right now. He's barely functioning. They've had a bunch of emotional highs and lows, um, a lot of lows. So I think that, I think all that stuff played into, and then when Alabama goes up 30 and then they score another well, touchdown, I think they were done. JT, they threw that pick six. and it I really do feel bad for y'all's offensive line and the whole team for losing your offensive line coach, but losing an offensive line coach shouldn't make your defensive line Play as bad as you want. And realistically, like, 
63 points, JT. Like, it was 7-3 to three at the end of the first quarter. Like, I've, I honestly... You want to know what happened? The, where second, all the start of the second quarter? When we didn't score. When, when, when you pulled it, when you, when you we pulled were, it in Tuscaloosa? <laughs> <laughs> we were about to score. You didn't? You and, didn't? Uh, didn't score a touchdown. We were going to take the lead. We were going to be up 10-7, yeah, I believe. And we, so we settled for a field goal. And you missed? We go to kick the field goal, and the snapper snaps at 40. Oh, yeah, I heard about that. <laughs> snapped all the way back to like the 50. Yeah. And then from that down. point on. Well, because we well, here's the thing. Kentucky yeah. has a random good game once a year, and they just play somebody really good, like that you wouldn't expect them to play good. Like they've played Florida good the past couple of years sometimes. they played out like Auburn well, good. Well, so at the end of the first quarter, it was 7-3. I'm like, is this going to be a random good game by Kentucky? <laughs> it would have been if we had I don't, I, No. I, I don't know. No, 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 no. Y'all could have had 40 yeah. players come off the COVID list. It would have not changed that score by maybe 10 it points. It wouldn't have changed the thing. You can, it, it is not a, a quote-unquote different game if Kentucky goes in there and scores 23 instead of 3. You still lose by 40. <laughs> <laughs> There's nothing you can say to, to justify this. Say if we had this. It was a different game. But, Maybe you know what? Yeah, we'll tell I'll you tell this. you what. Y'all could have taken Mac Jones and y'all could have traded quarterbacks. Y'all still lose Ooh. by thirty plus. <laughs> oh, for sure, for sure. Dang, Najee. But here's here's what. Hey, this is coming us. from a Michigan Kentucky fan. Football we program, barely beat Rutgers, and we'll get off of Kentucky. What was it? I said this. I mean, you can't let me talk too much, Mac. It's coming from a Michigan fan. We barely beat Rutgers in triple And a Nebraska fan who lost to Illinois. Bad. Yeah. I mean, bad. Like, you know, our team struck too, but we just didn't get beat 63-3. to You know what I'm saying? Yeah, big facts. That's true. So here, here's, the, here's the bad. This is what everybody's talking about, and then we'll be done with Kentucky football. I don't, <laughs> I don't know why we're talking about Just because they lost 63-3. That's why. Okay. But uh, Kentucky football, since Mark Stoops has gotten there, went from two win seasons to eight win seasons, going to a bowl every year. He has created a, uh, a great program. There, yeah. Right? So next year, we have top wide receiver recruits. We have these big dogs that normally we're getting, you know, two, three-star recruits. We've got some four-star recruits coming in next year that have signed with us. Can you throw the ball but to them? after showing – like, because what they've been saying is, hey, we're beating Florida now. We beat Florida. We've ended that streak. We beat Tennessee at Tennessee for the first time in 40 years. Like, we're doing things that we've never done. Kentucky's a powerhouse. Y'all can come with us. Like, we're starting to make a name for ourselves, right? But you come in and put up an egg like that, lose by not, – not just by 30. You lose by 60 to Alabama. Like, we nobody expected Kentucky to win that game at all. We expected it to fall out. But to lose by 60, I guarantee you – Three or four of those recruits that we're expected to get, they're going to go and go play for Dude, they'll, they'll, they'll Mac Jones you. is still there, I would think. So it's yeah, going to hurt our you. recruiting system. But, sure. hey, like JT said, moving on from Kentucky football, I want to talk about how vulnerable Ohio State showed themselves to actually be this past Saturday. Indiana, I was praying and I was hoping for you to get that last-second touchdown. But let me put it this way: uh, Michael Penix Jr., for, quarterback for at Indiana, have yourself a game. Four hundred ninety-one yards and five touchdowns. Good lord! Um, Ohio State. Sorry, you're no longer my number three team in the country. Uh, I don't know, Jackson. Who is? That's a good Indiana team. That's not. Yeah. That's not just it. That, that that is a good Indiana team, and they rolled in there. Fifth, fifth game of the year for them, fourth for Ohio State, 
and they gave them a, and they gave them a contest. But Ohio State is still a top three team. Ohio State can beat Notre Dame. Uh, Ohio State can beat Notre Dame. No. And Notre Dame's a top three team. I, I would put Clemson above Ohio State. That's just me, though. Okay, Clemson's number two. Alabama's one, and Ohio State's three. Uh, I'd go. You gonna put Cincinnati? No, Florida. <laughs> no, F- dude, Florida. No. Florida's college. Ohio State. Ohio State would put up sixty on Florida's defense right yeah, now, and F- Florida's offense would throw up sixty on Ohio State. That offense. Oh, okay, <laughs> but okay. Here, here's the thing. Here, I love Kyle Trask. Kyle Trask for Heisman. Fields over. Fields over trash though, Ooh, that's a- and so I'm I'm taking that Ohio State offense versus the Florida State all Florida offense. Okay, so has, has, I, I just Florida? I would love to see that game. First of all, can someone make that game happen? <laughs> like I would love here's to see. The, here's State the only way that that game happens is if Florida beats Alabama in the SEC championship. Yeah, my favorite. But Florida's got to get past Kentucky next week before right. that can even happen. <laughs> whoa, 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 whoa. we're off Kentucky relax. football. <laughs> like, relax. <laughs> Dude, like I just want to point out, I just want to point out that Clemson right now has a one percent chance. I don't get that. Sorry, one. Well, because if, I, if the, if I, they the have some players today, that are out again this if week. The season ended today. They have some players that. Huh? It says if the season ended today, they'd have a one percent chance. I get that. Yeah, but but I I get that. But I'm saying, and I, hey, if Cincinnati wins out in their in their conference. They better be in there. Uh, you want to see unless Florida beat unless Florida wins out and beats Alabama. Wait, that's the only you, way. You, if Cincinnati wins out, Alabama wins out, and whoever wins out of Notre Dame and and Clemson, Clemson and then you have Ohio State win. Cincinnati better you be tell in me there. You'd rather see a Cincinnati team over a BYU. I just yes, I just want to see Cincinnati. Cincinnati's better than BYU. Cincinnati would murder. I, I won't say murder. Cincinnati beat BYU by double digits. Okay. So, so here, here's here's something I do want to do want to kind of point out is that I'm going back. USC is terrible, dude. We knew this. You can go we ahead. I just this. wanted to say that. I, I I feel like I needed to say that. Sorry. I mean, go ahead. they they actually won a game like convincingly this yeah, week. Yeah, but but they are so terrible. Yeah, I, I don't care. They're terrible. Um, They're in the Pac-12. Uh, Oregon's also terrible. I'm sorry. Yeah, I, I agree. They're Pac-12 football. Um, Northwestern is showing some signs of competition, not beat Ohio State competition, but um, Northwestern has a very high chance to go undefeated the rest of the season. They're five and zero. They're they're it's it's Northwestern versus Ohio State in the Big Ten championship. That's going to be a massacre. Yeah. But what I wanted to say was um, back to your Justin Fields over Kyle Trask. Who who do you think seen better defenses, Justin Fields or Kyle Trask this year? I don't know. Um, Texas A&M defense isn't nothing to call home about. Georgia's isn't much to call home about this year. That's not a regular Georgia defense. Um, I mean, who else? Uh, Florida State. I mean, they haven't played Florida State. Sorry, not Florida State. State. Um, Tennessee, and they played Tennessee. I mean, just like uh, South Carolina. I mean, who? Who? What? What defense are you want to call out right now for Florida? No, I'm. I'm just. I'm just asking because. Like they they've both Florida's played more more games, obviously. But I'll tell you this right now. Indiana's defense is better than Florida's. Oh and Ohio State sure. still put up forty two. Yeah. I I'll I'll give you that. Um and Indiana has a high powered offense and only put up thirty five versus Ohio State. Yes. But so Justin Fields in four games has 
throwing three picks, and they were all in that game against Indiana. Cal Trask. I get that. Cal Trask has through seven games has only thrown three all season. I get that. But Florida also went to Vanderbilt. Mm-hmm. Vanderbilt and only put up 38. Yeah, but mm, I'm not going to Vander and, and Florida has shown that they are vulnerable. The fact that they only put up 38 against Vanderbilt and they lost to Texas A&M, they are vulnerable. Oh. Ohio State, they showed they can be beat, but no one still no one still has the formula. There still isn't a complete formula. They're saying there's some ingredients yeah. to the, it. You know, you do this, yeah. you do that, you could be in the game. Yeah. But there's still no perfectly fit yeah. formula the, to beat Ohio State. The vulnerability State right of Florida is what is called the defense. <laughs> if you can score. Yeah, I get that. It, it, but I'm just yeah. saying, you only put up 38 versus Vanderbilt's defense? I, I, I mean, okay. Indiana's defense is levels above of Vanderbilt's. Yes. And Ohio State put up 42. So we'll see, we'll see how. I, I know they're not going to. Realistically, they're not going to – they don't play any other good defenses, realistically. Um, and that's not me taking a shot at Michigan. You and I both know Michigan is not playing well this year. Um, yeah. But Ohio, Ohio State has the easy role the rest of the season now, and so does Florida. So we can't really make the comparison there. Um, but, yeah, uh, like I said, Oregon hasn't shown me that they – like everyone was talking about Oregon is, is this team that can compete for the playoff. Okay. No, um, they barely beat. Well, they beat Stanford, okay, but they barely beat Washington State. I know it says forty three to twenty nine, but if you watch the end of that game, it was a lot closer than that. And then they they they, the, they beat the UCLA Pac- by three. The Pac twelve is a joke. The Pac twelve has turned out to be the least involved Power Five conference when it comes to winning championships in the past five. Absolutely. Years. Well, uh, wait. Like, there's just they, they haven't won a championship in the past five years. I'm just looking at the Pac-12, and I'm looking at basketball, football, baseball. Mm, baseball, maybe Oregon State, maybe. I don't. But I don't like, they that. still have. Okay, I'll give you Oregon State. I remember they were pretty yes. good. But okay, but let's just even if you stick with basketball and, and football, right? The the most relevant the most relevant the Pac-12 has been was Oregon made a run to the lead eight, got beat pretty bad. Yes. So it's just like, okay, you take Oregon out of the Pac-12. Yep. What do you have? Because um, you take Alabama out of the SEC. You still got, you still got Georgia. You still LSU, Auburn, yeah. Florida, Georgia. You gotta, same thing with ACC. Same, even same thing with the Big 12. Big 12 because you still got Oklahoma, Oklahoma State. But, and, and then, and and then, then basketball, for, you, got, for, for yeah, every, you got Kansas. and like. Yeah, I'm talking about then, for like all and sports. And then Big 10. The, 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 like, yeah, but, but you ain't got to say Big Ten. Big Ten, there's some big-name colleges. Yeah. But the Pac-12, you have all these – I mean, UCLA, USC, Oregon, Arizona, Arizona State. I mean, just keep going. Oregon State, these big-name colleges, and nothing's happening. Yeah. You're telling me there ain't no athletes on the West Coast that want to stay on the West Coast? Right. So, speaking of um, past five years, like you said, I'm, I'm going to throw baseball because that's why I went to first. The last five years, you've you've had Oregon State won a a, a college world series. So that is that is one thing yeah. for them. Um, you had two SEC teams win it, and then you had an ACC, and then I don't even know what conference Coastal Carolina is in. But Coastal Carolina, Woo! but that's Sun Belt, by the way. If you go back the past five years, 
past five champions, it's Vanderbilt, Oregon State, Florida, Coast Carolina, okay. Virginia. And so, like, so, they, so in five years, in five years, a Sun Belt conference has as many national championships as the Pac-12. Yeah, and if you if you wanted us to say ten, I would, I'd say the the Pac-12 is semi-dominant, but not dominant because you had Arizona win it. You had. I'm going past five. I'm going past five. Past five, five yeah. 2015 to now. 2015 to now. The Sun Belt Conference has won as many national championships, baseball, yep. football, basketball, as the the uh, the Pac-12. Jesus help me. Pac-12. The Pac-12. Yeah. Now Arizona was. <laughs> here's what's funny. To your statement, because Carolina beat Arizona to win that. <laughs> I know. Oh, that's why I thought it was even funnier. I remember that. I remember that yeah. series. I know, and and so it's just like so. If you, but even so, just take baseball yeah. out. Just take take baseball out, and you stay basketball, football, Villanova. What conference is Villanova East. in? Yeah. Two championships in basketball, mm-hmm. more than the Pac-12. It's it's ridiculous. So it just now, now football, SEC and and ACC and Big Ten control that. I get that, yeah. but it. So, so you know, no, no wins there for the Pac-12. Yeah, one, two. So it's just three, as, as the Power Five, you yeah. you are the laughing stock of the Power Five conference. Yeah, and then wait, uh, and then the the Pac-12 didn't even make it into didn't even make it into the championship game for basketball, and for football, I'm pretty sure they haven't they haven't made it in since it was Auburn. Uh, Oregon with Marcus Mariota. Maybe. Maybe. And that was what? 2012? 2013? A long time ago. Too too long ago. Well, speaking of laughing stocks, (laughs) let's get to our favorite segment. Wait. Let's get the spread that bread. Before before – and Before let's... we spread some bread, can 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 you can't, can't stop me? You can't stop me from spreading bread. It's too late. Hold on, you can't stop. It's too late, Hold Jackson. On. You can't stop the spread. It's like the coronavirus. You just can't stop it. Hold on, but I, bread, I just want I just want to mention one more laughing stock. One more laughing stock. Oh my gosh! And that is the NFC East for the NFL. That's my that they are no they are laughing stock. I'm upset. Three with I'm all, upset. All three, all, Every, everyone everyone knows they're the laughing stock. Yes. I'm upset you stop spread the bread. Now spread the bread. No, it's too late. I'm upset now. You have halted our one and only segment we do weekly that we love so much that the that this segment started this podcast. We made a podcast just so we could stay spread that bread and talk about sports and betting lines. And you halted it. To say the NFC East was a laughing stock, which is an obvious yes, answer. But I just wanted to say that they were a laughing stock because we were talking about laughing stocks. So you know what? I'm a little hungry, so give me some bread, please. JT, I'm gonna act like Jax is not here for this first one, just because he halted spread the bread. All right. Texas versus Iowa State. This is in Austin, Texas. Texas is the two point favorite on the betting line. JT. Who you got, and and are they covering or no? I'm sorry, I'm just I'm trying to go with you. Said Texas, you, I'm going you with tell Texas. Him, you get mad at me for hauling you, and he's not even paying attention. Jackson, you are not here. Jackson, you are not here for one pick. Jackson, you are not here for one pick. Jackson, 
You are not here for one okay. pick. <laughs> JT, number 20, Texas, versus number 15, Iowa I'm State. I'm here. In it's Austin, Texas. Texas, Texas is favored by two. Look, last Whoa. week, we said te- – y'all no, said that Texas was back. No, we didn't. We make more of Texas. We never said Texas was back. They're not back. That's why I was going to – Oh, that's I what I was going heard. to. From Texas one laughing back. stock to another, and I was going to talk about Texas football being back, and Jackson cut me off talking about the freaking NFC East. <laughs> JT, who you got? I'm taking and Texas. Who they cover? I'm taking Texas. It's too I don't know. The, what line's the line two. is. So, so they got to win by a field goal or more to cover. Yeah, I got Texas by seven, bro. Okay. Well, I they do cover. I'm taking Iowa State. Okay. I know I know I now, wasn't there. Now that Jackson's back to the podcast. Now that Jackson, you don't get to pick this game because you halted spread the bread. Now that Jackson's back in the podcast, moving on to the next game. Number two, Notre Dame, the Fighting Irish versus number 25, North Carolina Tar Heels. The line on this game is four and a half in favor of Notre Dame, and this is in Chapel Hill, North Carolina. Jackson, who do you have? So what's interesting is that the the line is so small. Like, this is number two team in the nation. Like, you think it'd be a little bit bigger, put some respect on them. But you know what? Caleb, JT, don't at me. I haven't brought this out since week one, but don't at me. North Carolina with the upset. By one. North Carolina knocking JT? off Notre Dame. You yes, think sir. North Carolina can be Notre Dame? Give it to me. Yeah, I think you're, I don't know what you're drinking or you know what kind of drugs you're on over there in Florida. Y'all got some crazy stuff down there, but Notre Dame's definitely winning that game. Notre Dame's gonna win by 14. I'm going with bold statements here, guys. I'm only on the podcast once. I might as well go <laughs> bold statement, JT. Myself. Um, I'm gonna I'm gonna yeah, I'm gonna be here. the same person here. Um, I'm gonna take Notre Dame, and Notre Dame's gonna win by 10. Okay. Okay. Now. Moving on to the most irrelevant conference in the Power Five. Why is this team ranked in the, in the top ten? Come on. In the in the Pac-12, we've got number nine Oregon versus Oregon State. Um, shocker, guys! It's in the state of Oregon. Wait, what? Um, <laughs> that's what that's what OR stands for. I thought it was OR. They're playing in OR. Yeah. Um. Anyways, the University of Oregon is favored by fourteen in this game. JT, who you got? Yeah, I've got Oregon by 21. Okay. That's no, there's not much to say. Some of these yeah, games, yeah, there's not much to say. It's just straight get, to the point. Give me Oregon by 17. Like, Oregon's got this. Oregon State hasn't shown that. The, like, yeah, they've got they've got a decent running back in, I mean, three games. He's already rushed for almost 500 yards and five touchdowns. But, like, Oregon's got the better team, obviously. So, that's, that, that's easy. Now, now I'm going to let you all know. I've got a little insider trading here with a guy in Vegas, and he's told me that a team from Oregon will win this game. Bro. I, so I don't know if y'all knew wow. that beforehand, if y'all have got that same Wait. thing. But a team just this, – this just in. A team from Oregon will win Hold this on. game. Do, do we okay. want to put some – do we all want to compile our, our assets and wealth and put money on a team from Oregon winning this game? I mean, <laughs> one uh, – I've just been told – yeah, I don't want to, you know, give you any hints of who you should bet on, but a team from Oregon will win this game. My guess is Oregon, the University of Oregon, 
where Nike was uh, not originated from, but where the you know whatever. Um, Jackson, please make your toes be quiet. Thank you. Um, give me Oregon by twenty-eight. He did. He said my toes. Ah. I hate him. Golly. Speaking speaking of my speaking of Jackson's toes, which is something I hate. Moving on to number three, Ohio State versus Illinois. A Big Ten matchup of shocker conference oh, only this year. It is an Illinois. Um, the Ohio State that I hate. His favorite about 28 and a half. Jackson, who Ohio you got? Ohio State by 38. I know that's a random number, but it's Ohio State. It's just one of those yeah. games. JT? Yeah, I mean, this is no question. Ohio State by 50. If Kentucky lost to Alabama by 60, actually, I'm going to go ahead and just make <laughs> Ohio State. <laughs> just so you want Kentucky not to be the worst loss of the uh, year? I'm pretty sure uh, BYU is beating oh, exactly, exactly. You know, it is the Ohio State that I hate. Um, they're called the Buckeyes, but if you're a Michigan we fan, all know what that word is. Even if you if you if you don't cuss, you change it to something else. Use your imagination. Uh, but I will take the Ohio State uh, by fifty-five. Ooh, okay, okay, okay. Now, speaking of getting routed by sixty, you've got Kentucky going huh. um, into Gainesville, Florida, against number six Florida. Florida is favored by 23 and a half. JT, what you got? Okay. All right. I'm gonna go ahead and down, down. Don't get too crazy. Quick. We will we will not lose by <laughs> like we did last week. There we hit we hit the floor. There is hey, no goal. Hey, well, oh, yeah, calm, calm down, down. Kyle, <laughs> Kyle Trask is at quarterback, JT. Calm down. Kyle Trask is at quarterback. <laughs> That's okay. That's okay. Actually, I take it back. Our worst part of our defense is our second defense. We could yeah. lose by seven. Yeah, but, but, but Florida's worst part of their defense is they have to play defense. <laughs> so. That is true. That is true. And we, we somehow sometimes can score. I think the most we've scored all season, though, is like 30. Yeah. 35 uh, in this no. game against <laughs> Vanderbilt. Y'all lost, y'all lost them. Yeah, Ole dude, I think, I think we may. scored 41. Oh, wow. <laughs> I don't remember scoring that. JT, oh, wow. Oh, wow. Uh, Wow! Look at us. We right. still lost. Uh, this is gonna be this is gonna be a little closer. Okay, it's gonna be Kentucky's gonna have fourteen. Florida's gonna have forty-two. <laughs> Jackson, who you give got? me Florida by. Sorry, JT. Sixty. <laughs> I mean, Kyle Trask. Kyle Trask has been putting on a showcase this year. Uh, K- I mean, K- Kentucky. Kentucky's gonna come out ready to play. Mad about losing by sixty. They're not gonna win. They're not gonna cover. They're still gonna lose by twenty plus. Give me Florida by twenty eight. Okay, okay, respectable. Okay. Now, speaking of teams that I think is gonna win by twenty eight, uh, number twelve Indiana versus Maryland this weekend in Indiana. I'm gonna go ahead and give you my stats, and I'll let you uh, give you my line. I think mm-hmm. Indiana wins this by twenty five plus. Not, hey, look, I get it. Uh, Tua's brother, uh, whatever his name is, Tungavaloa is Maryland's quarterback. Um, but I mean, Indiana is a legit football team this year. Um, their quarterback, like Jackson's already touched on, is lighting it up. Give me Indiana by, let's just say, twenty-seven. Fair enough. Um, I, I think, like, I I obviously think that they're they're gonna have a bounce back game. I mean, they don't want to go in and lose to 
two games in a row. But I honestly think this is going to be a shootout game. Uh, Maryland's offense is playing pretty dang good, um, both running the ball and passing the ball. Obviously not as good as Indiana's pass game. I mean, Michael Penix Jr., um, dark horse for Heisman. Like, no. like, not like, like a number five in the voting, but like dark horse. Um, but like, I, I'm going to say Indiana by 17, but it's going to be a high scoring game though. JT. Yeah. I'm going to flip the number 12. I'm going to say Indiana wins. Okay. Okay. Um, now speaking of number 21, Number 21, Oklahoma State at home versus Texas Tech, the Red Raiders. Um, this could be Oklahoma State, a lot better team than Texas Tech, only favored by 10 and a half, because I think this is going to be a very high-scoring affair. Um, I'm going to take Oklahoma State not to cover. Uh, I say they win by a field goal. JT? Look, I've got to pick an upset somewhere. I'm going to go ahead and pick it here. I got Texas Tech, the Red Raiders. Only thing I know about Texas Tech is I remember watching it probably like eight years ago when they upset Texas. So we're going off of that wild catch in wherever they're from, Texas, and I'm going to Texas Tech over Oklahoma State. Texas went in by seven. Ah, that's a tough one. Um, I mean, Oklahoma State just came off a thumping from Oklahoma, and Oklahoma has also handed Texas Tech a thumping. So it's the matchup of the two thumps. Um, technically, Texas Tech's got a better quarterback if you just look at stat lines, but Oklahoma State has a better running back. Give me Oklahoma State not to cover, but to win by 10. Okay. Um, speaking of winning by 10, which is what I think is going to happen in this next game, Houston versus number 24, Tulsa in Houston, Texas. Now, Houston is not ranked, but I think they're a lot better football team than their 3-3 three and three record has it. I'm going to take Houston by 10 over number 24, Tulsa. Jackson? Uh, I'm I'm going to go ahead and say this is going to be an upset. Give me Houston by 3. Um, so, technically, they're still going to cover. But, yeah, they're, they're playing good football. Their record just doesn't show it. I know nothing about Houston or Tulsa. But I'm just going to go out there and say I like Houston's logo more than I do Tulsa's logo. So I'm going Houston, and they're going to win by 14. JT, come on, man. Um, so next on the list of games, we have the COVID-struck Wisconsin Badgers versus the Minnesota Badger. No, Minnesota what? Gophers. Golden gophers. gophers, dear Lord. It's the same thing. Just figure it out. A badger and a um, gopher. Are not this is in Madison, Wisconsin. I know it's not the same thing, Jackson. I just couldn't think of the name. Calm down. This is in Madison, Wisconsin. Uh, they're, I mean, you're talking about a Wisconsin team that's only played three games. Not much surface there to really, you know, put a lot of weight on and say, yeah, I'll go with Wisconsin. Uh, but I do know Minnesota is absolutely terrible because how bad Michigan beat on Michigan is. Garbage. Give me Wisconsin by seventeen. Um, I'm gonna I'm gonna go with I'm gonna go with the cover exactly. Wisconsin by twenty one. Um, yes, they struggled and lost obviously against Northwestern, but I think Northwestern's got a better defense than Minnesota does. 
And Wisconsin's got a better offense than Minnesota does and better defense than Minnesota's offense. So that it, it could be a good game, but give me Wisconsin by 21. All right. So I got two things here. One, shout out to my man, Adam Oshetsky. We are intramural champs in basketball and football together. Okay, so obviously I have to pick Wisconsin. But not because of just Adam, but because – Minnesota lost to Michigan. Exactly. Michigan. I'm going with Wisconsin, but I was like, Ooh. let's go ahead and just take care of it. Adam, if you listen to this, you're welcome. <laughs> now we have number 16, Coastal Carolina, still riding that wave across campus from the College World Series championship back in the day versus a Texas State team that is absolutely garbage. I mean, Horrific. The fact that Coastal Carolina is only favored by 17 in this game is atrocious from Vegas. If somehow Texas State doesn't, if Texas State keeps us within 17 or 15, someone in Vegas has insider trading and and knows the future and we're we're never going to win money. Coastal Carolina by 28. Um, it's going to be an interesting game, and I'm intrigued as to why Texas State has already played 11 games. How many more games do they have on their schedule? Good grief. <laughs> like, they played 11 games. That's that's too much. Uh, but Coastal Carolina, you've proven that you can stick with the teams within your conference and hit, hit some people under the chin. Give me Coastal Carolina by 17 exactly again. Yeah, so Coastal Carolina, they're holding up their end of the bargain. Liberty did not disappoint in them. We're not Wait, even – I don't even know yeah, why. I mean, very depressed about I, it still. I, I think Liberty deserves to still be ranked over uh, the Raging Cages in Louisiana, but we'll get to that next game. I mean, yeah, they're still good, but I was disappointed because they lost. I was hoping to see the undefeated matchup. Anyways, Coastal Carolina is going to win, but they're only going to win by 10. Okay. Because the Texas State logo looks like the Kentucky logo, but it's Bruh. just a different color. <laughs> I love how JT fixes things no. off of logos. And his fourth day doesn't mind. JT's mind is, a, is is very unique at the way things process. Um, right. I don't know if it's because his hair, his head gets more air to it because it's bald. <laughs> um, maybe that, maybe that kind of yep. like changes and persuades his decision. Um, right. Now the battle of the Louisiana schools. You've got Raging Cajuns, Louisiana, Lafayette, uh, number 23 in the nation, versus University of Louisiana, Monroe. University of Louisiana, Monroe is currently winless, and they're winless, and they've only played some belt games, so you can imagine how bad they are. Um, Give me the Raging Cajuns by 35. JT? Yeah, see, I think that – Louisiana Monroe, they would. This would be their first win of the season. They're coming in. They're coming in ready to play, hyped up. Hey, we're about to upset the number twenty-three team in the nation. But yeah, it's not happening. Louisiana Raging Cajuns. They're winning by thirty-five. Um, I'm gonna have to say Raging Cajuns by a good thirty-five. Um, Monroe, get it together, man. Raging Cajuns are just are just playing better football, but. Before I move on to the next game, like I want, like I want to say, Louisiana uh, Raging Cages has not played as good of competition as Liberty. They both have one loss. 
give Liberty the ranking over the Raging Cajuns. Okay, you can move on. <laughs> All right, Jackson. Uh, moving on, number one, Alabama versus number 22, Auburn in Tuscaloosa, Alabama. Alabama is favored by 24. No shocker there. Auburn, uh, a very mediocre 5-2 and two team. Um, their SEC, you know, dwellings have to do with that still being 22 at 5-2. and two. Um, I'm going to take Alabama uh, by 27. JT, what do you think? Yeah, I don't think this one's even going to be close. Kentucky was close with Auburn, and we saw what Alabama did to Kentucky. Okay, Alabama's going to win. They're going to win big. It's going to be a forty-two point game. Normally, like we were, we all went to the University of Mobile. Normally, Auburn, Alabama, everybody's like, "Oh man, this is the game of the year." Yeah, this is not happening. It's going to be a blowout. It's not even going to be close. Alabama rolled. Um, and on top of that, what I'm going to say to that is, it's Iron Bowl weekend. Stranger things have happened in an Iron Bowl. Um, now, I don't say that to say that Auburn is going to come in and just whoop up on Alabama, but don't be surprised if some things go haywire, and this is a game going into the fourth quarter. Um, with that being said, Alabama will pull pull it together, and I've got Alabama by 21 to beat Auburn. The only way Alabama doesn't win by 35 is if this game gets canceled because of COVID. Dude, not, Najee Harris is bound to run all over that defense, let's be honest here. Well, speaking of COVID, Trevor Lawrence finally back from COVID this week versus Pitt. Um, number four, Clemson at home versus Pittsburgh. Clemson is favored by 25 in this game. Um, I think Clemson has a shaky week offensively. Give me Clemson to not cover but win by 20. Jackson? Um, I'm going to say Clemson by at least 24, not to cover. Um, Trevor Lawrence is going to come back, and he's, like you said, maybe a little, not necessarily rusty because, you know, we saw him in, coming off of the offseason and still come out and ball out. But um, they're going to come in, get things going again, because all they've got on – and their radar is Notre Dame because that is who their next big target is come ACC title game. So Trevor Lawrence, it's all about keeping him healthy and injury free. So Clemson, do your due diligence. You get up by 21 or more, take the man out because you are going to need him against Notre Dame because we all saw what happened when he didn't have him. So give me Clemson by 21. This game's all about Trevor Lawrence and Davos Sweeney. Davos mad because last week, the team they were supposed to play canceled on him, and he says it wasn't even COVID. I, I believe it. I believe it. All right. So he's coming out. He's ready to He's ready to kill whoever they're playing. They're, they just want to play. Trevor Lawrence, he's coming out. It's been two weeks. In two weeks, Kyle Trask has started to even show even more how good he is, right? Trevor Lawrence is going to want to show how good he is and say, hey, look, I know these other dudes are doing good but I'm the number one quarterback coming out this year, and he's going to have a heck of a game. He's going to put the team on his back. Clemson's going to win by 42, and Dabo's going to run up the score. He's not going to take Trevor Lawrence out in the third quarter like he should to try to keep him from being hurt. He's going to run up the score as much as he can. That will be interesting. That's what I One team I wish everybody run the score up on is Michigan State, number 11, Northwestern, at East Lansing, Michigan, 
Northwestern is favored by 13 and a half. Um, just from a Michigan standpoint, I'm going to take Northwestern by 69. <laughs> all right. All right. I said I hate Ohio State. I hate Michigan State. Give me Northwestern by 69 plus. JT? Yeah, I hate Michigan State. Uh, the first year I ever started watching college basketball, Patrick Sparks played for Kentucky. We went to overtime off of his crazy three, and Michigan State still beat us. So I've hated Michigan State ever since. That green is really ugly, so I'm going Northwestern by 900. I'm, <laughs> um, I'm going to bring us back to reality just a little bit. Um, Jackson, we are very well in reality right now. Okay. Uh, interesting reality you're in. Uh, let me know how I can get there. I mean, it's twenty. Anything can happen. Anything is possible. This is but, our reality. But anyway, give me Northwestern to still win this game. I think they're going to win this one by twenty-one. Uh, they're just playing. They're playing some good football, and in the second half, they have just been pretty much lights out. They've had one, um, one game where yes, they they gave up, I think fourteen points to Purdue in the second half. But other than that. In the second half, they've given up zero. Like they they're playing some great defense, capitalizing on mistakes. Um, so give me Northwestern to come out and pumble Sparty because nobody likes him. All right, five more games to go. We're gonna do rapid fire here with these five. I'm gonna tell you who's playing and then he rankings. I'm gonna tell you the line and then uh, Jack's gonna go first and tell me his score and cover or not. JT will go and then, we'll, then I'll move on to the next one. All right, uh, first game. Colorado at number 19, USC. USC is favored by 13 and a half. I say USC wins by 11. Jackson. Give me USC by 20. JT? All right. Number seven, Cincinnati um, in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania against Temple. Cincinnati is favored by 36. I'm going to take Cincinnati to not cover 27. Jackson? Give me Cincinnati to not cover this game, but still going to be a blowout. Cincinnati by 35. JT? Cincinnati's covering. Now back to the SEC, number five, Texas A&M at home. College stays in Texas versus LSU, who's three and three on the season. Texas A&M's favored by 14. JT. LS who? Texas A&M by 17. See, now I'm going to go Texas A&M by 10. Uh, They've had the past two weeks off. It's going to be a tough game, a a little bit, getting the rhythm back together. So I don't think they're going to be able to cover against LSU, but they will still win. Texas A&M beat Florida earlier in the season. They're five and one. Only lost Alabama. Even with two weeks off, give me Texas A&M by twenty plus. Uh, moving on, right along, number thirteen, Georgia at Columbia, South Carolina. The play South Carolina, uh, Georgia, a tough win against Mississippi State team last year. That uh, last week that hasn't really showed much since beating LSU the first week of the season. Georgia's favored by twenty one and a half still. Uh, South Carolina is just that bad. Just fired their coach. Give me Georgia by 24-plus. Jackson? Uh, I'm going to say Georgia's going to win this game, but they're not going to cover it. They still really need to figure it out at the quarterback position. But give me Georgia by 17. JT? Yeah, it's going to be closer than that. I got Georgia by Moving right along, a game if it was basketball, everyone would have their eyes glued to the TV. Number 14, Oklahoma versus West Virginia in another Big 12 matchup. It's in Morgantown, West Virginia. Uh, home of the Mountaineers. Oklahoma's favored by 11. Um, Jackson? So, 
every every time I go to pick against Oklahoma, they seem to win. So I feel like I should pick West Virginia here, but give me Oklahoma by twenty one. JT. Yeah, I got West Virginia with the upset. They're gonna um, win I'm going to take West Virginia in this one just for the fun of it. Uh, give me West Virginia by 10. Um, now, the reason I wanted to do rapid fire in right there is kind of speed things up and get to it. JT, I didn't ask you this. I didn't tell you I was going to do this for the podcast. I want you to give me, and you go the hour much detail you want, what you're most looking forward to in sports right now. It could be your team. Another team, anything in sports, any sport. What are you looking forward to next in sports? What is the thing you're looking forward to right now in sports? I'm looking forward to basketball. Just having any kind of basketball, college basketball, NBA, whatever. I'm looking forward to seeing how they handle COVID, um, to see how serious they take it. And if we're going to have a season, hopefully we do. As of right now, we're on track to have a season, and they're going to have to be creative with how they're going to make the season last. We want it to last, you know, the full season. Um, but how do you make that work? I'm glad I'm not the one that has to make those decisions, but I also am going to be very critical of the people that make those decisions, especially if they cancel March Madness again. So if I had to choose between those two, I would say March Madness. We already got the bubble, the NBA bubble. It was cool. It was great. We got to have some basketball finally. But definitely college basketball. March. There's nothing like March Madness, whether it's Kentucky basketball or not. I mean, let's be honest. I've been living for 24 years, and we've I've only seen one championship. Okay, Kentucky probably this year they're going to win. I'm guaranteeing it. But what's more fun about it is seeing all those teams that aren't supposed to be mm-hmm. battling with those Power Five conferences, but coming in and getting the upsets. These kids that grow up can actually play some college basketball. We'll never get a chance to play in the NBA. But they show out on the big stage and cause some upsets, and that's why they call it March Madness. Filling out a bracket, I mean, it's a ritual. You have to fill out like 20 brackets, and you just hope that you get a perfect bracket. Really, you just hope that you get a perfect exactly. bracket after if, the first If your bracket's so good yeah. through the first weekend, the first couple games of the second weekend, you've really outdone yourself this year. And if you get your final four exactly right, uh, you, you've outdone yourself. Um, 2020, a lot has changed, but in reality, when you think about it, not much has changed, just the decisions we have to make. Because no matter what decisions are made for college basketball or college football, NFL, NBA, baseball, whatever, somebody's not going to be happy about it. People who think we shouldn't be playing sports because right. of COVID are not going to be happy, or people who think we should be playing sports are not – one of the two is not going to be happy. So times have changed, yes. But as far as one side getting upset and the other being happy, nothing's changed. There's always going to be someone who is upset at the decision – that someone in power makes. Now, I do have one proposition for you, JT, and I've actually checked with my lovely girlfriend to make sure I was okay to make this bet. But if Kentucky wins it all this year, JT, if Kentucky wins it all this year, <laughs> in honor of Brandon Boston, I will name my kid Boston. <laughs> And I've already checked and made sure it's okay that I do this, and she's all for it. And mainly because she likes the name Boston. In the future, if Kentucky like wins four years down the road, if if Kentucky wins this year, I name my firstborn son Boston. Wait. Wow, dude, you're more you're more dedicated than I am. Wait, so what if they don't win it? What if they don't win it all? Nothing. Okay. 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 Nothing. 
here, I'm going to go ahead and put this on there. Bailey has no idea this is a thing. I just now thought of this. So I'm a okay. third JT in my family. Okay. My grandpa's JT, my uncle's JT, I'm JT. So when I have a son, obviously I'm going to have to name him JT. Because of Kentucky, okay, the great Tubby Smith, the T is going to have to be Tubby. Okay. Yes. You, the J, the J comes from my middle name, Joshua. Joshua there Tubby something. There it is. You hear <laughs> on the podcast. Do not show this to Bailey. We're she out already, here naming. She, we're out here naming. We're out here naming future children on Sports Brain Podcast. Oh, yeah. This is this is why I'm the children. single one out of the three of us. <laughs> if if Kentucky wins it all, my firstborn son will be named Boston. Oh my goodness, y'all! Okay, I'll let you know right now. Well, you better go ahead. And I, I've literally told her. She said she's okay with it. That's where we're at. Another banner this year. What, what I find funny is that Bailey already hates hates it when we all call you JT. She only calls you by the name Justin, even though we all know you as JT. <laughs> I know him. He's still in my phone. It's Kentucky. Yeah, if I'm he, be honest with you. If I'm gonna be honest, from, from freshman is, year, from freshman yeah. year when me and JT met and didn't know each other well. And that's how I remembered him was he was from Kentucky. He is still in my phone as Kentucky with a basketball emoji by JT, you are in my phone as JT Kentucky. Like, I'm going to be 100% honest with you. Like, that is. Y'all are in my phone <laughs> as uh, Jackson and Caleb. Let's go. Caleb has a I got nothing. <laughs> uh, yeah, Jackson's just I'm, just. I'm just ordinary. But. This podcast reminded me. I'm going to yeah. go change oh, I hate you. Let's go. Let's right go. Let's go. Let's go. Um, if we get – hear me out now. If we get 20 views slash listens on this podcast, Jackson will post a picture of his feet on the Sports Brain podcast page. Okay, bet. No, I'm just kidding. We don't want to lose followers. I was joking, everybody. Calm down, calm down, calm down, calm down. <laughs> but anyways, guys, it has been a great show. So happy Justin got to be a part of it. Uh, college basketball for most teams, uh, COVID allowing um, or COVID permitting, is two days away. Uh, so when this – we're recording on Monday. When this hits on Wednesday morning, it'll be the day of college basketball starting for a lot of teams. Um, which is very, very exciting. And, you know, a lot have been postponed, but there's still some games going uh, for the 25th, I do believe. Um, We're very excited for it, very excited for the rest of the college football season, very excited for the NBA free agency. Stuff is going wild right now. Uh, We didn't touch on NFL much because there's not much going on in the NFL. Uh, Teams who should be winning, they're winning. Seattle beat Arizona this week, right back, you know, solidifying themselves right back in that division. Um, When things heat up, we'll get more into it. And when something crazy happens, we'll get more into it. Um, but for this week, a lot of college basketball, a lot of college football, a little bit of NBA. It was a blast. Justin, thanks for coming on. Jackson, go ahead and plug the social media. Check us out on Sports Brain on Facebook. It's the Sports Brain Podcast. We're thinking about creating an Instagram page. Let us know if you'd like to uh, share it with everybody you know. Share with your grandma. Share with your mother. Share with your brother. Share with your sister. Share with the neighbor that you don't ever talk to down the street because – if you're at Thanksgiving and you don't tell a family member about the Sports Brain Podcast, then you're not committed. You're dang right. You know what? When you're trying to figure out what to do and what to listen to or watch to fall asleep to after you eat that big Thanksgiving meal, put Sports Brain on. You will not regret it. 
I mean, you may be asleep in about five minutes, but you definitely won't regret exactly. it. Exactly. Once again, JT, thanks for joining us, man. It's been a pleasure to have you on here. Yeah, thanks for having me on there. I've been wanting to be on. Glad I got to join in. Uh, all I'm saying is if I get more of the spread the bread right than Jackson, then I got to take a spot for the spread the, the, spread okay, the bread fine, fair segment. Enough. You won't, but okay. <laughs> I won't. Yeah, I would say all mine. If who was it? I said wins by nine hundred. All if right, they win by nine hundred. Northwestern. <laughs> I'd love to see that. But, <laughs> but well, it's been a great one. Oh, a lot of laughs. Uh, a little bit more arguing than normal, which is good because we finally didn't agree on everything, which is fantastic. I hate agreeing with Jackson; it's the worst, isn't it? Um. <laughs> But this has been the Sports Frame Podcast, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you so much for tuning in again. Peace and love. Later, y'all.